Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do pray for all of our tithes and offerings that you would bless the gift and the giver here tonight. Thank you for all those that are here this evening, Lord God, to help serve uh, the church. We pray, Lord God, for the reading of your word now tonight that you would bless it. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the praise. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done to help us to even get here tonight. And we pray that you would bless the reading of your word here this evening. Again, I ask you to help me to minister your word here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Galatians chapter 2, starting at verse 16. The Bible says this. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not, and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Now, of course, this is a study that we're doing in the life of the Apostle Paul, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And he's writing this letter to the Galatians who were being confused and misled by false teachers. And in this section of Scripture, uh, there were a couple of verses that we wanted to focus on. And one of them was verse 16. And last week, we were focusing on verse 16, which is emphasizing that our salvation is not based on works, but it is a gift. A gift that is offered to all mankind by our holy God to any that would willingly want to receive forgiveness of sins. For those of you that are saved tonight, how many of you are glad that you are forgiven of all your mistakes, all your sins, all your rebellion, whatever you've done wrong today or yesterday or from the day you were born? It's all forgiven. It's all under the blood when you came to Jesus. Praise God. And God offers that same forgiveness to any of you out there that are listening right now that don't know the Lord, that don't feel good enough or worthy enough. That's true. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. Neither was I. Neither was anybody in this church, but we surrendered by, to God by faith because we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Not only that, it is a gift of eternal life. We are going to live forever in heaven with God. The gift of eternal life to anyone who would willingly surrender their lives to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me read Galatians 2.16 again by itself. It says this, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. This is very similar to what it says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we learned last week that salvation is a gift and it is not based or dependent on our works. We did nothing except to say yes to God. Yes to Jesus. How many of you are glad? I'm never going to stop, get, get tired of saying this. How many of you are glad for that day that you finally said yes to Jesus? Hallelujah. We were fighting with him and arguing with him and, and, and running away from him. But that day when we finally said yes to Jesus and he changed our lives. Jesus did everything for us on the cross when he died and shed his blood, he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave. He did everything that, that, that for us so that all we had to do was say yes to his invitation. Salvation is a gift that is offered to all of humanity by God. You and I who are saved today willingly chose to receive this gift of salvation. We have salvation because of Jesus Christ. We are declared righteous because of Jesus Christ. We have forgiveness because of Jesus Christ. We have justification because of Jesus Christ. We have sanctification because of Jesus Christ. We are now children of God because of Jesus Christ. We are now grafted into the seed of Abraham because of Jesus Christ. I can go on and on explaining all the benefits that are ours because of Jesus Christ and the the fact that we believe in him. And we learned last week that as a result of our salvation, as a result of the powerful work of the Holy Spirit who now abides in us or lives in us, we have a desire to do good works for the glory of God. We do not do these to gain more salvation or to gain more righteousness or to gain more favor with God. All that is ours, all of that is ours automatically in and through Jesus Christ. The works that we do now as Christians, we do them because we love God. We simply do them because we love the Lord. And we're grateful for how he has positively changed our life and for all that Christ did for us on the cross. A little while ago, when Julie was leading worship, my wife Julie was leading worship, she said, how many of you are glad for that day that you said yes to Jesus? And we all shouted, yes, we're glad. And how many of you are glad for the changes that have occurred in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds since that day that we came to him? It's all because of the cross. Now, last week, for those of you that were with us, I asked a few people that happened to be here in church why they were in church. Why did you come to church tonight? And a few people came up, and of course they said, because we love the Lord and, and we want to serve God. But listen, you coming to church tonight, that's good. Those of you that are here tonight, that's good. Those of you who are watching online, that's good. But it doesn't make you more saved. It doesn't make you more righteous. It doesn't make you more sanctified or justified. Last week, I called up a couple in, who are in our church who happen to lead our evangelistic or outreach teams. Their names are Richard and Cassie Castro. And I invited them up here and I asked them the question, why do you guys go out there on Saturdays and, and tell people about Jesus? And Richard and Kathy, uh, they said, because we love the Lord and we want to try to save people that are lost and going to hell. And that's a beautiful thing. But Richard and Kathy, 
leading the life squad on Saturdays to evangelize, it doesn't make them more saved. It doesn't make them more righteous. It doesn't make them more sanctified. It doesn't make them more justified. Our salvation, their salvation is based solely on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and the fact that we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. However, our works are important because one day you and I who are Christians, you and I who are believers, you and I who are saved, one day you and I who are followers of Christ will receive rewards for our works. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 in the New Living Translation says this, It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. You see, when our outreach team goes out into the streets, what they're doing is they're planting seed. They're planting seed into the souls of those that are walking by. They're planting seeds. Now, if they come to church, those of you that are in church here tonight, what I'm doing is I'm watering that seed. I'm watering that seed. I'm planting seed too, but I'm also watering that seed. Okay? And then it says this. What, and this is the seed right here, the Word of God. This is a seed that we're all planting. And God wants us to just plant lots of seed, lots of seed, hoping that it will fall on good ground somewhere. Okay? It says this. It's not important who does the planting, or who does the watering? In other words, what the, what the life squad does out there in the streets, that's good. And what I'm doing here right now, that's good. But it's all about God because it says here, what's important is that God makes the seed grow. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So there is a reward or a benefit to our work that we do for God. Are you guys following me so far? It doesn't have anything to do with our salvation, but there's a benefit to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, same chapter, verses 13 through 15, it says this, But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. We're still going to be saved. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. In other words, God is saying this. Yes, your, your works will be rewarded. But more importantly, it will be rewarded based on the motive of the, reward, of the work. The motive of your heart when you did the work. Okay, Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 and 13, talking about works being rewarded. It says this. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Those of you who are in church here tonight, 
And those of you watching online right now, you will be rewarded for your works in Christ. You coming to church, that is a work. You tuning in right now, sacrificing that time, making this time to tune in. You could be doing all kinds of other things, but you're online right now, watching this this, this service online. Guess what? You're going to get rewarded for that. Those of you in church tonight, you're going to get rewarded right now tonight. Richard and Kathy and the rest of the Life Squad crew, you will be rewarded for your works in Christ. Those of you who are prayer warriors, praying in secret, nobody sees you, nobody Nobody pays any attention to you. One person that I was thinking about the other day was Betty Lawman. She was a prayer warrior. She minded her own business, never got into anybody's business. But man, she was always praying for the church, always praying for me, always praying for the leaders, always praying for all of us. Those of you that are prayer warriors, you're going to be rewarded for your prayers. Those of you who are obedient and you're giving of finances to the church, offering to those in need, you're, you're, you're faithful in your tithes and offerings, God's going to reward you for that. Those of you who are volunteering as ushers tonight, those of you who volunteer as Sunday school workers, those of you who volunteer with children's church and kids for Christ workers, those of you on the worship team, those, listen, none of these people get paid. They're all volunteering their time. Our ushers, the, the, the people out there in our health group, health team, everyone's doing this. Why? Because they are doing it for the love of God and for the love of the church and for the love of God's people. Those of you doing our online services right now, our sound team and our overhead team, our health team, as I mentioned before, our youth ministry team, the nursery and tiny tot team, the missionettes and the Royal Rangers leaders. Listen, many of you don't know or realize, but our sister Diane Tapia, who, who leads the missionettes during this whole pandemic, she's been going every single week. She goes to these children, to her kids' houses, and she drops off projects. She drops off Bible studies, she, and she goes online. I mean, she's spending a lot of time. Nobody knows. Nobody paid atten- pays attention. Right now, I'm bringing it up, but guess what? She's going to be rewarded for all of that. Uh, those of you involved with career and beyond, men's Bible study, ladies' Bible study, uh, anything that you do for God and the kingdom of God and for the pe- for people in terms of good works will be rewarded by God. Robert and Evelyn Orozco, who opened up their home for the new believers, the young adult ministries on Thursday nights and, and and those that are uh, that used to do the prayer meetings on Monday nights, as long as your motive, the motive of your heart is right, God says you are going to be rewarded. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is through the blood of Jesus on the cross. But what you do for God as a result of your salvation, which are works, they're going to be rewarded, church. But for those of us who are saved and born again, none of those works that we do for God will affect in any way our salvation. None of those works make us more saved. None of those works make us more righteous. None of those works make us more loved by God. God loves the person that's out on the outreach team just as much as a person that just comes to church once a week and falls asleep while Pastor Jerry's speaking. His love for that person does not change. How many of you are glad about that? Can you say amen? Now let's move on to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, and gave himself for me. He did it because he loves us. 
Not because we earned it or we worked for it or we somehow uh, uh, pleased him or, or, or somehow uh, uh, got brought. No, no, no. He just loved us. He loved us while we were still sinners in our mess. He still loved us. The Bible tells us here in, in this verse that Jesus Christ lives in us. For those of us who are born again, he lives in us now. And because Jesus now lives in us, those things that are not pleasing to Jesus, who is our Lord, he will begin to expose by his light. The Holy Spirit in us begins to reveal things to us that are not of God. Are you guys listening to me, listening to me here tonight? Okay. And as Christ in us begins to reveal these ungodly characteristics in us, Galatians chapter 2.20 tells us that we have to do something about those things in us that do not please God. We have to do something about that. And what do we have to do? We have to crucify those things. We have to put those things to death. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The word crucified is a very harsh word. The word crucified is a very negative word. The word crucified implies suffering and pain and hurt and sacrifice. And church, don't get mad at me. Don't get upset with me. Don't get discouraged with me. But sometimes following Jesus, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. Because we have to put to death some of those things that are in us that are not godly. And those things hurt. Why? Because when we think of the word crucified, we think of what Jesus went through for us on the cross. We know from medical reports. We know from historical documents. We know from the accounts given to us in the Bible that crucifixion is a horrible and terrible experience. Crucifixion involves torture and torment. The Bible tells us that Jesus was beaten, he was spit at, he was falsely accused, he was humiliated, he was mocked, he was whipped. The Bible tells us that Jesus was so disfigured that he didn't even look like a human being anymore. We see this in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14. It says this, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. He didn't even look like a human being. There has been no movie shown, no movie shown by Hollywood that depicts how tore up Jesus really was. The Bible tells us that Jesus' hands and feet were nailed to the cross. Crucifixion is a slow death. You literally suffocate to death. And so now Galatians 2.20 tells us that we have been crucified with Christ. There are certain things in our life that God is not pleased with. Things that need to be crucified. Things that need to be dealt with. Compromises. Excuses. Rationalizations that have to be crucified. And God has been speaking to you and I about getting rid of some of this stuff in our lives that is not of God. Are you guys still listening to me? He's constantly speaking to us about things that he's not pleased with. We have to crucify those things that don't please God. Let me remind you of some of the scriptures that instruct us about the importance of putting to death those things that are not of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 15, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, and it says this. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual 
immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must close your th- yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let me read another scripture in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It says this, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 18, it says this, What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons, too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Romans 12, verse 1 and verse 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The reality is this, church. The reality is that every day, all of us struggle with sin. And if you're not in that category, then let me just say straight up, every single day, Pastor Jerry struggles with sin. Every day, 
All of us struggle with temptation. Every day, all of us struggle with desires and passions and emotions and behaviors that go beyond what is permissible by our God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is an everyday battle for all of us. Whether it is smoking dope or chipping or slamming or snorting or porn or music or movies that are not of God or drinking booze or desiring to have someone or to, or, or to be with someone that is forbidden. The Holy Spirit constantly speaks to us and tells us that we have to put those things to death. We have to get rid of those things. We have to go to God, cry out to God and say, Lord, please help me because I'm struggling. I'm going through a hard situation and, and, and I'm being tempted or I'm, I'm getting upset. Some of us have hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts toward our spouses. Some of us have hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts toward our brothers or sisters or toward other people who are unsaved. Some of us are guilty of gossiping and backbiting. Listen, if we don't kill the sin, if we don't crucify and put to death those things that we know are not of God, the sin will kill us. We will end up back in prison. We will end up back in the hospital. We will end up with our marriages in chaos or lost. We will end up with our kids confused and not respecting us and lost. We will end up deceived in darkness and confusion, blind, deaf, mute, in bondage, and losing our minds. People of God, tonight, I am not offering you a shot of tequila. Tonight, I'm not offering you a beer. Tonight, I'm not offering you a joint. Tonight, I'm not offering you some cocaine or some heroin. Tonight, I'm not offering you some meth or some crack or some speed or a free gift to Las Vegas or a free trip to Las Vegas. Tonight, I am offering you a glass of living water. I'm offering you the word of God. I'm offering you more of God's spirit and challenging you to say no to those things that you know are not out of God and to crucify. Crucify implies suffering and torture and sacrifice and torment. Sometimes we will not be able to sleep at night. Sometimes when we try to pray, all we have is all kinds of tormenting thoughts in our head. Every single day is a struggle, but we got to go to God. Even though we're alive, we got to put to death those things that are not of the Lord. I'm offering you life. I'm offering you Jesus. Choose life. Let's choose life by choosing to crucify and put to death those things that do not please our God. I know it sounds good. And I know we're shouting amen. But once we leave this church, it's going to be a battle. And we have to remind ourselves of this verse in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. Jesus, I need for you to live in me more. Help me, Lord, when I try to take over. Help me, Lord God, to not let that happen. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many of you appreciate God's love for us? Can you say amen, church? So church, in this daily battle, let's pray for one another. Let's ask God to keep us strong. It's, it's, it's very, I think that we would all agree. It's a very sad thing. It's a very painful thing when we see a brother or a sister fall back into sin. 
It's a very painful thing. And you know what? We need to be careful because that person could be you or me if we allow ourselves to be deceived by the power of darkness and sin that we allow in our lives. Let's go to God. Let's ask him for his help and for his strength and for his mercy as we continue to strive to live our lives for Jesus. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you will help us in our struggle against sin. I know for me, Lord, this is an everyday battle. Every single day, Lord. Someone hurts me. Someone discourages me. Someone tempts me. I see something or I smell something or, or I hear something that tempts me, Lord God. It's a continuous battle in my mind and in my heart. And for all of us who are Christians, and you challenge us and you say, choose life. Choose life by putting to death those things that are not of God. We pray right now, God, that you will help us to do that on a daily basis. That we would glorify you, Lord. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. Those of you that are watching online, if you are, if you are sensing in your heart that God is tugging at you and drawing you in and wanting to, to bring you in. Maybe you've heard this message before, but today there's something special about it. Tonight there's something different about it. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you in, trying to save your soul from eternal hell. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight and receive all the benefits that come with it, I want you to repeat this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I understand tonight that I am a sinner. And the only way that I can receive forgiveness is by receiving you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Because you paid the price for my sin on the cross. Today, I receive this free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. Lord Jesus, Take over my life. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I receive tonight the gift of eternal life, the promise of going to heaven to be with you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being here at church tonight. Those of you that have any prayer requests or that you have a prayer need, you feel free to come up to the altar and we will take time to pray with you here this evening. If you're struggling with something, if you just need encouragement, you feel free to come on up and we will pray with you here tonight. God bless all of you. Have a great, great evening. Lord willing, we'll see you on Sunday morning for church. God bless.